Greetings and a belated Happy New Year to all listeners of the Baltic Triangle podcast. From me, Mick Ord. And me, Mark Reeson. We've got quite a different focus on the podcast today, haven't we, Mick? You've been discovering how a Liverpool-based company have developed a new app, which they hope will revolutionise the way we apply for jobs and advertise them. The way that Hired works is that rather than applying somewhere with your CV, you apply with your personality, ultimately. So you find a job you like on the app. It's like a video feed. You scroll through and you're able to see kind of like the jobs available, what they look like inside, etc. Click on it and you apply by answering three quick questions. It takes 30 seconds to reply. And then, yeah, the employers get to see your personality through the video. So it's just a much easier way of doing it. And it works on both sides so they can see your personality and you don't have to go through the whole CV process and writing and rewriting because that's just so boring for everyone. More from Georgia and Sam from Hired in a few minutes. Meanwhile, Mark has been catching up with some of the people behind the amazing group Philosophy and Pubs, which started in Liverpool more than 20 years ago and has spread to 40 groups throughout the UK and beyond. One of my impetuses when I started was political. This is something that we need to do because of the nature of so-called education and further education. So it's a sort of long-life education that, that should be going on. Pubs are, are the, the hub of, of where the community meets. And the idea is for them to start to think and, and learn from each other and ask about the big questions. Because it, it's, we felt that everyone is philosophical wants to ask a big question. Why are we here? What's going on? What is justice? And, and, and stuff like that. The unexamined life is not a life worth living, according to Socrates, Mick. <laughs> well, he, he knew most things from what we're told, didn't he? And he was a great player. Yeah. <laughs> and was he involved in the setting up of philosophy in public? I suppose, in a way, he was. Um, so, Mick, maybe this is an opportune moment while we're thinking about all things philosophical to think about our need for a new sponsor still. Yeah, yeah. Well, looking for a new sponsor for the podcast, the Baltic Triangle podcast. Um, so if you're interested, then do give us an email and we can chat about it. It's great to have a partner and a sponsor. And we've had a couple of good ones over the past few years. So we are actively looking for it now. More on that later. Drop us a line at info at BalticTrianglePodcast.com. That's info at BalticTrianglePodcast.com. So Mick, what have you been up to then? Well, Hired, spelt H-I-Y-R-D, is an app which has just hit the market and which is the brainchild of Sam and Jay, two local businessmen who are quite simply trying to revolutionise the way companies advertise for jobs and the way job seekers apply for them. The guys felt that the whole traditional job seeking process simply takes far too long for everyone concerned and that employers, for example, very rarely check up on, say, how many GCSEs or A-levels that applicants claim they had. Well, and if you've ever had to interview job applicants before, you'll know the frustration you feel when the actual interview, in person or online, doesn't live up to the expectations of the original application form. There are frustrations on both sides. How many times have you heard people complaining that they rarely get replies from companies, even after they've taken all the time and trouble to apply for the job in the first place? Well, Hired has just hit the market, and already 60 vacancies have been filled, and it's only been going for a matter of months. 
I met up with Sam Garlick, one of the co-founders of Hired, and Georgia Stanley, their head of content, to hear their story. So me and my older friend Jay, I've known for him for about 20 odd years now. We kind of, we've always known we wanted to be in business together and we both were both coming from different fields. Jay was out running like a software hardware company out in Singapore. I was more based in the UK doing like a lot of tour and events in the music scene quite heavily. Um, Here in Liverpool? All across the UK. So started out in Liverpool doing my events. Although one's called Ever Island, one was called Fiesta Bombarda. All the, the whole kind of thing of that was like doing kind of unique spaces. So like the cathedral, the Bondock Church, Palm House. But then we kind of grew it to do about 20, 25 UK cities, which is quite exciting. And then, like I say, Jay, loads of success kind of building his business out in Singapore and the UK and working working worldwide with like kind of fire detection system. Um, but the common denominator between both these two completely, you know, juxtaposing industries was that job hunting sucks, hiring staff sucks. It's just, it's archaic. We, we hated it. Um, so we kind of thought like, how, how can we kind of improve on, on the current system, which is CVs, paper, just it, no, no kind of indication of what someone's about. It's only really the written ability. So we kind of, kind of deep dive into to what we can do for that. It's funny because originally we were going to do an app called Odd Jobs, which was for like people with like really niche skills. And we are like, how can we show that? Oh, through video. And that's kind of where the original idea was born. But we just thought like, I don't know if someone's going to download an app to look for like a chocolate fondue taster yeah. or like a farrier. Do you know what I mean? It's quite niche, but we thought the video thing's got legs. So, so that's kind of where we, uh, yeah, kind of went down that route. So do you want to explain Georgia, how it works? How, how does it work from a, a potential employee's point of view? Okay. So someone like me who might be looking for a job, you'd normally go to somewhere like Indeed or Facebook and kind of scroll through job descriptions for hours and hours and hours. Uh, And if you find something that you like, you then you go and you write your CV or you write your cover letter to adapt to it. That takes you forever to do Um, and send it off and ultimately not get a reply, (laughs) which is mostly, I mean, when I was applying for cafe work, I spent a lot of time going in places, handing out my CV and again, like redoing my cover letter to fit specific places and just wasting a lot of time and not getting much back. Um, And so kind of the way that Hired works is that rather than applying somewhere with your CV, you apply with your personality ultimately. So you find a job you like on the app. It's like a video feed. You scroll through and you're able to see kind of like the jobs available, what they look like inside, et cetera. Click on it and you apply by answering three quick questions. It takes 30 seconds to reply and then yeah the employers get to see your personality through the video so it's just a much easier way of doing it and it works on both sides so they can see your personality and you don't have to go through the whole cv process and writing and rewriting because that's just so boring for everyone and it's actually on market now isn't it sam and you've got clients just talk us through some of the the clients you've got uh, a bunch. So 92 Degrees, Skiddle, Revolution. We're also working with the likes of Lush and a few other ones like coming up, which I don't know if we can talk about, but Etihad, um, <laughs> a few others. So, <laughs> so it, and it, it, it's, it's really nice because like a lot of the bigger businesses who I think have those big teams and, and more capacity to be forward thinking are, are doing it, which is great. And understandably, I think smaller companies, it, it it's a lot to take on a whole new kind of new way of thinking because I think we've found changing habit of, of companies is kind of the biggest step. Companies love the idea, but it's just gradually kind of 
showing proof of concept. And and you know the first four or five months, I think I think we found like sixty jobs. Um, we've had like over two and a half thousand downloads. Like a lot of people applying for jobs, and also the feedback from the company is amazing. Like people are showing up to interviews where they normally wouldn't. People aren't mass applying for jobs like on Indeed and LinkedIn because you can't. You have to do a submit like a kind of personalized video. Only takes a minute and a half, but it's enough time to show someone who cares about the job and doesn't care. So it's really cutting through like the mustard we candidates really. So from an employer's point of view. They get the video through, they get the answers to the questions through, and then they either invite them for interview or not, or do you get direct um, employment offers? Yeah, so I mean, 92, they've hired a few members of staff now, and I know that they were hired just completely on the spot for it. Um, doesn't a higher option as well so it's just I think for jobs like that you can really get a good grasp of what someone's like and as well they set the questions for it so you can set that around you know what you need to know um so you get the answer to the question to you need and also a grasp of their personality and it's just straight away I think you can tell and then it's a, a shift isn't it a trial shift and then yeah and in terms of the business model then is it the app that people have to buy what's the contract so it's uh, £1,000 a month. No, it's, it's all free. It's all free. So the, the whole model we've got is we're never going to charge the job seeker because they're the ones who need a job. It's, it wouldn't be fair. Right now, it's just a case of getting businesses on and proof of concept, really. So there's no charges at all. Um, Not even for the employer? No. No. <laughs> no. We just want to get people using it. I think we're so like stoked about the idea and it's such a good feedback from everyone who has used it. Right now, we're just like, let's just grow. Let's just show show what we can do with it, really. And in the long term, then, how are you going to make money from it? Longer term, more to do with, like, in-app advertisement. So um, it could be that people want to reach more candidates or they want more of a premium service, which we're going to build more further down the line. So, like, white label services and kind of analytical tools and stuff like that. But, again, right now, it's kind of step-by-step or more just, like, let's just get as many businesses using it, get feedback from them, and, and same for job seekers. And then, at, and then at a later date, you'd be able to charge the employers to add to, in inverted commas, advertise on the app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it will be free for them, um, at least, you know, a few roles, a few jobs and stuff like that. I think it's more if, if for larger companies, if they want like more, more candidates and more like insights to those candidates, that will be something we'll probably look at down the line. But, but like I say, right now, it is more just about growth i was gonna say so if you kind of imagine imagine half of the jobs in liverpool advertise for for work on the app there'd be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of jobs to scroll through so it might get to a point where somebody needs somebody to start working next week for example and would be able to move their role to the top or some things like that really and prioritization and so how are you finding the right companies and indeed the right job applicants um job applicants is people who just interested by a new way of doing things i think again the beauty of doing video is it's just a much fairer platform i think if you're in hospitality or retail or forward-facing jobs which i would argue is most jobs even if you're in an office you still got to work with your colleagues i think it interests people more because it's a better representation of who they are and what they're about like i say a cv is just written ability really i don't think people care anymore what you got for re in gcse do you know what i mean or like what your first job was i was in the garden center and then w smith's no, no it's not relevant to me now i'm a different human being so um yeah i think i think also the video thing what it does is allows people who maybe have 
issues with like writing maybe some dyslexia or, or neurodivergency, then they can use this and it's a much kind of more friendly tool for them. Because again, I've spoke to a few friends who have, have dyslexia and they said, fine, then a job is like a full-time job in the current market because you have to write, read through so much text, reply with loads of text. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's not really like a modern way of doing things, I don't think. And you said you've had a good response from employers. What kind of things have they been saying to you? I mean, uh, again, I'm going to speak from a 92 point of view just because I'm close, worked closely with them before, but um, I know that the two members of staff they've found for their Hardman store are just absolutely fab. Um, and I watched one of the interview videos of one of the guys and it was hilarious and he's that person in real life. And I think just with a CV, you just, you can't grasp that. I know he has loads of experience, the guy that works there, but he could have no experience but he's now a brilliant barista and I think you it's just more important to get that grasp of someone isn't it rather than their skills that can be taught a lot of companies like troll through LinkedIn but you might get hundreds and hundreds of applications for exactly. that yeah, you know exactly and also people spam apply for stuff as well um the only other alternative is recruiters but you know they take 20 percent of someone's wage for kind of offloading candidates that may or may not be right for the job really it's not like the hand of hand picking people out of society to go you're perfect it's people who just sign up for a recruitment agency and they're just going to strip feed them to you so this is this is almost enables businesses to kind of be their own recruiter in a lot of ways and not have to kind of rely on these kind of just services that are just they're just it's just a grim process like again i've, I've hired people for skittle for my own events for everything and it's just you get a cv and it's it's just a list of someone's innovative comms achievements as opposed to like who they are so whenever i get a new cv in you're like oh, okay right i'll read through this take a bit of time but honestly like i think any employer would be lying if they didn't say they're kind of skimming through it looking at what's the last few jobs what you know what's the kind of intro bit but with this what we'll find there's a lot of businesses are saying they'll get a new candidate through, they'll get a ping and they'll be like excited to watch it. It's kind of, it's almost like a bit of a gamification of, of a really boring industry. It's almost like matchmaking, or yeah. like dating. It's almost like for both sides of the thing, employers can see people and think oh, they'd be a great part of my team. Um, you can tell someone's energy that if they'd fit in with the all the already existing team or not. Um, so it's just really a more exciting process for both sides of it, really. What happened to the good old fashioned one-to-one -one interview? You go into an office and get interviewed that way. Still, still a part of it. Still a part of it. And I think we're also trying to like rejig the language as well. Instead of an interview, we're kind of calling it a meet. So if someone does want to kind of come in and meet them more formally or more, just more in depth, then we'll do it that way. Again, I think the thing behind that is it's like that kind of language interview. It's so intense. It's so like, I'd suck an interview to be honest. Like I'd, I'd go into it and to be so much pressure was at least with this, you know, well, the, if the employee wants to meet, they've already seen your video and they like you. So there's a lot of pressure off immediately. It's not like you get one chance and that's it. Um, you can re-record as well. You can re-record, exactly. Exactly. It's not kind of what, it's not one hit. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's, I also say like, if, if I'm hiring a new member of staff, I might have a day of interviews lined up. So like eight hours of interviews might be eight, might be 16, whatever. Half them probably won't show up because again, they've spam applied for stuff. And then the ones that do show up, you can kind of tell within like a few minutes if they're right for the job or the company culture or, or anything. You can tell a lot about a person at that time, I think. Obviously people are really intuitive in that way. But you can't say, oh, let me let me stop you there. Like that's enough, I've heard enough. Because you, you don't want to be mean, you don't want to be cruel to someone and say it's not interesting, but it is a waste of both people's time. It's a really weird 
weird dynamic, really. Um, so you mentioned before about 92 Degrees, them employing people directly from receiving the video and that. I guess most potential employees, it's more of a precursor to an official interview, whether it's online or in person. Well, I think we found that with some um, jobs that have been maybe a, a little bit more high-skilled, like um, Skiddle, for example, have used it as kind of like a vetting thing. So they put out the job application, maybe somewhere else, um, candidates apply for it, and they say, okay, now come through hired and answer these three questions. And then straight away, you're seeing how invested these candidates are for them to come and do it. And then not only have you got their qualifications, et cetera, because that is important in a lot of jobs, um, but you're then able to get their personality. And then from there, it's like, we'll interview the ones that we like and we'll interview, not interview the ones we don't like. So it's saving time really for both ends as well. And in terms of potential um, job applicants, would you advise that they, you know, get a few videos prepared before they do this? Or is that not necessary? No, so so we originally thought of the idea of being able to upload the video, but then again, it kind of doesn't count the problem of people spam applying for stuff. They can just upload, upload, upload. It's something we want to maybe give the employer the option to do down the line because if someone's maybe a cocktail maker or a graphic designer, you can upload your kind of video that way. Um, but for certain jobs, companies might just want just, you know, do it, do it, just bespoke for this. Um, but, but saying that, like I say, we, we have the ability of, being able to retake retake the video so i just think you know if you do kind of want to have a few tries and kind of test it out that, that's fine and to, to be honest some the best the best videos i've received for our jobs are just people just sometimes someone's just walking the dog in the park or you know chatting through in the bedroom about what they do or just out for a coffee or something there's not really a right or wrong way of doing it to be honest no and it, it gives people the chance to use their imagination which you normally can't do can't yeah, you apply for a job that's the problem with CVs, isn't it? That there's there's such a structure and a way of doing it that there's no room in that application process to show yourself. Like everyone looks the same on a piece of paper, really, don't they? Other than the words. But I mean, I when I didn't have the, the skills necessarily to go into a job, I know that if you put me in front of a person, I'm much more likely to get where I want to go because I've I've got the ability and I. I'm hardworking and I'm driven and you just cannot see that on a piece of paper. And then you can lie on a piece of paper as well and say, oh, I'm this and that. It doesn't mean you are, but you can tell when you're chatting to someone their actual character, can't you? So, yeah. I don't know how many people actually check, like, results. No. I, I don't know if you're saying this, but, like, I don't know if employees do call universities and or, or primary schools. Did you get did you get a C in geography in primary school? I don't think that's ever happened. No, it's, it's never happened that. I mean, I was looking for jobs a long time ago yeah. in the 70s and 80s, and I don't remember any any employer saying to me, can we see a copy of your degree certificate, yeah. please? Yeah. You know. I never even picked up my certificates for yeah, yeah. A-levels, <laughs> and nobody's ever asked me for them. So, like, I could just be putting A-star, A-star, A-star. I mean, my boss is sat here, so maybe I should say this one. And you do find as well with like the dawn of like AI and ChatGPT, someone could just put in, write me a cover letter for this job description and boom, it's done. The best one you could think of. And it's, I don't know, it doesn't really, it doesn't, there's no way of individuality anymore or like seeing, seeing who's what. So, so where do you want to be as a business then in say a year's time, Sam, what, what is your vision for the progression of the company? So you, so there's this, so 
the guy I run with, Jay, he's the best person for this because I'm very much like A to B. He's A to Z. He's the big vision. Okay. What we're doing next, let's take over the world. And very much, you know, I'm, I'm in. I believe it. I, I believe it's something that could, this could be the future job. This will be the future jobs. But I'm also like, but what are we doing tomorrow? <laughs> what are we doing the next day? Like, so, but I think, I think, you know, in all seriousness, like, yeah, I mean, the gap's there. The feedback's good. The main step now is just changing those kind of like habitual processes in employers but i think i think there's enough proof now and there's enough feedback from companies that do love it to be like i don't see why not i don't see why people wouldn't take this on really the key now is just growth as quick as possible really and get it out there to as many people as possible and how are you doing that uh, georgia because you're head of the marketing aren't you so I'm I'm in charge of content and we're a video app, so we're trying to push videos as much as we can. Um, so I've been working collaboratively with um, some bigger companies with bigger following to show their company culture. And by doing that, we kind of get people to invest in a place and say, oh, wow, look at this spot. I would love to work there. And therefore, go through Hired, follow the company. And then when the company have a role available, a job application, straight away, these people are lined up and they get a ping with a notification say, oh, this place is hiring. Go apply within two minutes and you sort of, but yeah, that's been, that's been really good. And it's been really nice going into all these different spots and just kind of seeing behind the scenes. I think people want to see that stuff as well, don't they? Like people want to know how things work behind your favorite bar or your favorite local cafe and things like that. So, um, yeah. So how do people uh, download the app then? Because you've got a different spelling to what it sounds like. Yeah, so just hired. It's got a Y in it. H-I-Y-R-D. Hired. Go and download the app. It's free. And just, yeah, make a profile. And that's, that's that, really. Easy as. <laughs> nice, nice and streamlined. That's what we do, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia and Sam from Hired. If you want to download the app, it's free. And Hired is spelt H-I-Y-R-D. So that's good news if you're an employer trying to find the right people or a job seeker trying to get to the employer of your choice in a quick and efficient way. And the right answer, Mark, it's a pain when you're applying for jobs or indeed receiving tons of applications through the post. This looks to be like a shortcut that might either lead to a job for the person at the end of it or it might just be a good way of filtering through the applicants because when you can see someone on a video, it just means so much more than if you're you know, just looking at the words on an application form. I think the thing that st stood out for me when, when you spoke to them, Nick, was the way that it was obvious that the people that had got the final jobs and were placed in their jobs were doing really well. 92 Degrees was a great example because obviously there were people in there that were exactly the same person behind the counter as they were on the interview. So it, it does really work for that kind of role. Yeah, uh, yes, particularly for public facing roles, as you say. Obviously, whatever certificates they've got is important and their experience, but it, that, I think, gives it an extra something. Philosophy in Pubs is a grassroots community organisation promoting a practice in philosophy in the UK. It started in the UK in 2001 and has been so successful that there are now groups all over the UK and beyond. The idea, according to one of the founders, Paul Doran, is to simply open up the subject of philosophy to ordinary working class people like him, as he told me when I met up with him. I got into education quite late in life, a proper formal education, and ran about the age of 45, 46. Went to Liverpool University and uh, studied philosophy. And, and when I'd finished, two things struck me. 
One, how useful uh, philosophy is to human beings, how it dissipates worry and explains and clarifies things for you. And the other thing was how hard it is for my class, the working class, grassroots people, to get into a university. It's all highbrow. So when he did this, and it, after, when I'd finished it, I'd done a teaching degree late in life, and um, I started teaching uh, in, in further education, introduction to philosophy. And uh, a lad came in, and uh, he looked younger than me. His name was Rob Lewis, and uh, he said, why don't you do this in the pub? And, and I thought, hang on. I know what he was getting at. What he was saying, get more bums on seats. I thought, that's a great idea. Yeah, we'll do that. So me and him and another lad called Mike and I do, we uh, had a go at doing this. We opened in a, in a local pub in the town centre. And we started getting people in. Rob is very good philosophically, takes care of the theory. And uh, Rob was good on the facilitation. I was good on the getting new groups going, more of an organiser. We had about three or four pubs going in Liverpool after about five years. And then people were getting in touch with us once we got a website, and asking, could we come and help them open one? And we said, yeah, we will come down and help you, but it'll be you who's open it. This is a grassroots thing from the ground up. It's them doing it locally. We're not helicoptering anyone in, because that was the whole idea, to try and um, get people to come together, talk to each other and learn from each other, instead of just sitting there watching the telly and not thinking for themselves, and uh, help each other come to some understanding of their life and the life they live in and the world that they live in, just to come to some better understanding of, of what's going on. I recognise that in philosophy. It's a form of further education. Further education is like the Cinderella of all the types of education there is. The education that our kids get, working-class kids, is schooling, it's prov state-provided education, and it's not there to give them an education away with all how to affect society in any way. It's to fit into society. So like a, each, each cohort of kids is educated a decade or so before the society are going to join. And they don't want them to change that society in any way. You just want them to fit. It's like a schooling, a training, if you like, to fit society. Now, some people might say, what's wrong with that? Isn't that what, what education? Well, that's not what education is for. That's what schooling's for. But education is to uh, create some other kind of creative, critical thinking in a human being, you know, fit for society. And, and to change things if they want to. Let's look a little bit more at the idea of philosophy then. I mean, obviously it was something that was with you probably before you might not have known it as philosophy, but there was an interest in it, no doubt. My idea of philosophy is that it's probably something that wasn't originally designed to be highbrow. It was open for the masses. What's your take on that? That's right. It, it was never for, for the elite. It, it became an elite subject. And that's one of the reasons why me and Rob started philosophy in pubs. Once I learnt about it, I, it struck me, I said, blimey, what, why isn't this taught in schools? Why aren't our kids taught about this idea? Like, one a definition of it is thinking about thinking, you know, an, an ordinary sort of definition. And uh, that would help them think, am I thinking, how, do I, how should I think about this? Instead of just launching into it, what's the best way for me to think about this? So imagine our kids getting that and they're getting ethics as well. The idea of morality, you're not supposed to teach anyone that. We'll get it from the parents. But if the parents didn't get it, so we should. It should be a, a part of study, it seems to me. So the idea was to bring this in, into the pub. So local people, only local people were doing this. And it would um, take off under the radar, so to speak. We wouldn't need anyone from higher up in society to help us. We'll do it. We'll do it ourselves together, you know. 
That was the idea. One of my impetuses when I started was political. This is something that we need to do because of the nature of so-called education and further education. So it's a sort of long-life education that, that should be going on. Pubs are the, the hub of, of where the community meets. And the idea is for them to start to think and, and learn from each other and ask about the big questions. Because we felt that everyone is philosophical once they ask a big question. Why are we here? What's going on? What is justice? And, and, and stuff like that. And learn from each other about it. Otherwise, they just stop learning and, and you don't carry on. So that was another of the ideas. It's a very human trait to question who you are and your place in the universe. Do you think it's really that fundamentally important that, that we do have some space and time in our lives to, to think about these sort of things? Definitely. The idea that you've just explained it, we're curious beings, this animal is like that. And so if, if the question is, what do people get from philosophy pubs? The one word is understanding. Do you get a better understanding? I, I know there's a, a couple of lads came to the Keats wine bar about five years ago. So they've been with us about five years. And they were, did they been about 25, 30? You know, they weren't that young. But they just they hadn't any idea of what philosophy and what it, what it can reveal. And I remember doing a, an inquiry with, with them and it was about the method that we use and how it helps. And, and I could just see it lighting up in their faces, the, the, the understanding coming for it. And it's, it's with us now, and one of them is opening new groups all the time with a younger lad, which is great, you know. So for me, it's uh, when you leave the group, when each, each week you come, it's a weekly or monthly or bi-monthly, then you, you, the, the following week you, you, you're thinking about this stuff. And then if you get into discussions with people, you bring what you've learned in the group. But not many people go to a group like this. When people say it, they say, what's this? And I have to explain to them what it is, because they usually think it's something religious. I say, no, no, this is just philosophy. And, and when you hear a voice with an accent like mine, they relax a bit. This is grassroots, and it's for everyone. So you've touched on the idea of being in a pub because it's a, a social hub. Tell me a little bit about how the discussion starts off and facilitates it in the pub then. The idea was to give it some structure. And the structure we use is called a community of inquiry. So in a community of inquiry, it's a, a democratic situation. Everybody gets a, a chance to speak. And the idea is someone will come up with a, a stimulus to stimulate the discussion, a concept. Like last night in Keats, we did beauty. And um, you'll go into groups. So there's, like, say, 15 people there last night, three groups of five, and you'll talk about beauty. But part of the group stage is you'll come up with a question that asks something about this concept, something deeper about it, like, um, like, like what presupposes beauty, what conditions need to apply before beauty can obtain, that kind of thing. Then it gets deeper then. Instead of just using the word, oh, I think beauty is this, you know, what, what does it mean? What's its core elements of this thing, you know. And everyone's learning from this thing. And it seemed to me, the end of it, and this isn't, doesn't happen on the night, this happens the next day. You're thinking about all these ideas being turned over. And beauty, it turns out, for me, at the moment, my understanding, it's a relation. Beauty is a relation between the object and the knowing being, the experiencing being. Because someone said last night... Well, even when we've gone, there'll still be beauty in the world, you know. 
And I don't believe that's the case. There's no beauty in the material conditions in the universe. That's just planets and stars and suns. Because of the nature of our consciousness, we can look at a sunset and, and feel how beautiful that is. And that's a relationship between us and nature. We are part of nature, but this piece of nature can reflect and think about what he's looking and seeing. Fascinating stuff. People end up in different places. That, that's where I ended up, but that's, that's how it goes. One thing that I think is coming out of my understanding of what you're saying to me is that this is something that doesn't just happen on the night you're in the pub. This is something that grows with you, stays with you. I mean, you know, you might be sitting, contemplating life, looking out the window on a train journey, for example, and you suddenly think back to that question that happened in Keith's on that night in, in that situation. Talk to me about how this has spread out then from your original concept of meeting up in a pub in Berry Street then. We've been going off it about 22 years. It started in 2001, October 2001, I'll never forget it. And um, we got people getting in touch, can you come and help us? So we'd, we'd go and help. I used to do quite a lot of travelling. So it had been 50 then, in, in my 50s. So it was more agile and I could get about more. Not doing that so much now, but it, it, it spread to about 40 groups around the country, from uh, Newcastle to, to Brighton. The group in Brighton was fantastic. It filled the pub, so you had to have about 10 facilitators facilitating different tables. That's how popular it was. Oxfordshire, they've got a few groups going now. There's a lad called Ben Clark runs that group. So it was all over, mainly in the northwest. Manchester had a few groups. It's amazing that it's in so many different satellite cities then. Are you proud of that? I mean, are you, are you quite pleased with the way that it started here in Liverpool and it's spread out across the country? You must be. Yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic to, to a big party to something like this. It, it's, it's great, you know. I remember when we went to Leeds, opened a couple of groups in Leeds. That was asked of me there. You know, I remember going on the radio there. And right at the end of it, he said, OK, well, that's great. Thanks very much. Can you tell me what the meaning of life is? I thought, that's a bit naughty. I said, it's, uh, it's 42, isn't it? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is an incredible book. Brilliant. So... If I wanted to have a session or I wanted to join a session, how would that work? Well, you get in touch with us. You go to our website, philosophyandpubs.co.uk, and you, you, on, on the website there, it's got uh, what to do to open a group, how to go about it, how to go and see the manager, explain the concept to him, and then how to go about that, how to you know, organise the room, organise it so everyone can see themselves, see each other when they're speaking. And then try and do some facilitation. So there's an organising side of it. You need a good organiser. And then the facilitation is quite complex and quite a lot to know. That's the side of it if you wanted to organise one. But what about if you just wanted to come along and join? Where, how can I find them? Yeah. Well, uh, you go to our website again. On the website, there's uh, the schedule. And, and the schedule will tell you what venues and what pubs and what topics and when, what, the time they're coming. So you just turn up. You just actually turn up. People panic because it's philosophy. No need to worry, it's, it's informal. In case I, I call it a radical informality. Because some people think formality is how you get deep. It's not the case. Formality is an odd feeling, and it stops people. Informality, people relax. Have a drink, a coffee, or whatever else. You've got to be beer. And then they, they, get, they can get quite serious. We, we run a, a, an inquiry for a... Chester University, the art faculty. And um, every Christmas we run it, it, it just stopped because of COVID. 
And there, the students had come, maybe about 15 students, and, and a couple of uh, lecturers had come. And the lecturers loved it because it was outside of the actually models, outside of the university, in a nice relaxed environment. And the students loved it, and they all relaxed. I think that's a major part of what we do, the, the informality. It's important, the formality. Stilt, it's a bit stilting, doesn't leave you free to, to speak, you know. Give me some idea of what people have said about the effect that being part of philosophy in pubs has had on them. Well, we actually asked people, um, we, we called it a, a test, testimonials, that's what we called it. And we asked people, after being been going about five years, um, what, what do you think you get f- from uh, being in pips? And we got various answers, and they're, they're all typed up, they're all on file. And then we did it five years later, at a 10-year one, testing what are people getting, all the same sort of stuff. The one lad I remember did say, it just stuck out in my mind, what his testimony was. My mind was like a, a grasshopper jumping from one thing to another, but since I've come to Pips, it's a bit more organised now. My thoughts are a bit more ordered. Then we, maybe we should do some more testimonials and keep on doing them. And we learn from them how, how we're doing. So Liverpool's still quite a hub for philosophy in pubs by the feel of it. Can you give me a couple of examples of where people might be able to come along? Yeah, sure. So there's the Vernon, the Vernon that's in the city centre, the Victoria, which is in Crosby, Waterloo, Keith Wynabout. What's happened since COVID? We had to stop meeting, and we were meeting outdoors. We were meeting in Sefton Park, six at a time, it was at the time. But as soon as that, we went back, but some groups haven't gone back, and they're meeting online now, which is another avenue we've gone down. So we have an international one now on a Saturday evening, and that's called a Saturday at seven. And this is all on the website. If you go to the schedule, it'll tell you where all these are. You can get on the online ones. You can get on whichever ones you want. And what about funding? I mean, how, how, how much do I have to pay? How, how does it work? Well, you don't have to pay anything. It's free. But the way we fund ourselves, we have uh, donations. People usually throw a pound in. Unless they're skint, then you don't have to put anything in. And that does quite well. That keeps us going. That pays for, for the desk in the office. It pays for the uh, professional online thing we have, pays for the leaflets and various sort of stuff, keeps us going. And that's just freely given from people's benevolence. It's not a subscription and it works. Um, the system we live in wouldn't like that, but it works, just people will give when you know it's a worthwhile thing, you know. I love the idea of this. I am definitely going to try and come along to a session at some point. And it makes me so proud and pleased that it started here and it's spread out from where it has. Can't thank you enough for your time. I know we pulled this together at short notice, but uh, it's been really interesting. Thanks, you. Thanks, Mark. This has been great. Yeah. Paul Doran there from Philosophy and Pubs, or PIP, as they sometimes refer to it. Check out their website for more information on where they meet and do get yourselves along to one of their meetings if you can. Paul mentioned there's an online group as well, which meets every Saturday night. Anyway, all of the info is on their website, which is www.philosophyinpubs.co.uk. Make a fascinating story there. And amazing longevity, 20 plus years they've been doing that now. Yeah, I remember when they started up, um, because when I was at Radio Merseyside, we had them in. And I remember thinking at the time... uh, this is going to take off, but it did not. I did not think it would take off to the extent it has done. And just a simple idea that 
that one or two people have come up with it and it's doing so well. It's had, it's been in the national papers. It's, I'm, sh- I'm sure it's been on national TV and radio as well. So it's fantastic to see it going strong and good, good luck to Paul and his, and his uh, co-founders for it because it's, it's a cracking idea, isn't it? Like all the best ideas, Mark, it came from the bottom up. And I think ideas like that have got a greater chance of success. And also the fact that they don't charge. People make donations if they can afford it. And if they can't afford it, just come along anyway. If you've got a similar idea or indeed just, you you know, you work for a normal company or your company are doing something different, then do get in touch with us and we'll see if we can do a feature on you. The email address is... As ever, it's info at BalticTrianglePodcast.com. That's info at BalticTrianglePodcast.com. Do get along to one of the Philosophy and Pubs meetings if you can. There's a few of them still happening around Liverpool. There's the Vernon Arms. There's the Victoria Pub in Waterloo. And Keith's Wine Bar as well in Lark Lane, which is really lovely venue if you ever get a chance to go down Lark Lane. That's a great place to be. Um, check out their website, as I said, uh, Paul, really, really enthusiastic about what he does and how they do it. Um, and, and I think everybody needs a little capacity in their lives, especially at the moment, to put aside some time to think about what's happening in their own lives and in the world around them, don't they, Mick? Absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree more with you. I'll, I'll, I'll try and get to one meeting. I've, I've never been to any. I've known about them, but I've never been to any. So I might pop along to Keith sometime. That's just about it for us. Uh, As ever, thank you so much for listening, taking the time to listen to what we're doing here. This is episode 49. It's our 50th episode next time around. Till then, all the best. Yeah, all the best.